FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Walker today, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I am straining to actually give you some volume with my voice and not crackle. It's going to be a rough one. I'm not going to lie to you. I just want to be honest with everyone as much as I possibly can. If you were listening to Charlotte Sports Today with Jeff Rickard, I joined him in the last segment, and we talked a little about how Wes texted all of us at midnight last night, said he wasn't (laughs) feeling very well. And that he might not be able to do the show today, but did text a little later and said, you know what? I'm good. I'm battling through. So he's here. That's right. Wes Bryan is here. Jeff walks in to get one of us to help him out in the last (laughs) segment. And I look around. I got nobody helping your boy out. (laughs) Uh, Because I'm struggling myself. Uh, If you heard me do the Lockdown Hornets podcast today, I had to have Doug do all the reads. I'd have him do anything that was some long form take. We had a podcast recorded in a record time, like 23 minutes. Mm. Usually it's 35. Usually we get criticized for going too long. Not today. I mean, we were doing seven minute segments. How's 35 minutes too long? God, people's attention span. Well, it, it's too long. The podcast network wants you to make it a little bit shorter. That's just how it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I so, thought this the fans complain. No, no. The fans don't really care. Okay. But the problem is there are numbers that show people will tune out after like 38 or 30 minutes, no matter how good you are. Mm. And so they wanted to be a little bit shorter. We always run a little longer, but today that was not a problem. I'm just saying, I apologize today, especially with any reads with anything that we got to do. And I crackle and it's not exactly the best read or the best take in the world. I'm del- I'm telling you this though, Jeff gave us these words. Are you guys ready? It's scary. It's, it's thrilling. It's exciting all at the same time. Mr. Jeff Rickard told us, lean on Fitty. I mean, Josh. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I know that's got to make you as excited as anything you've ever heard from Boss Man before. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it feels like, you know, he trusts me, which is also probably not the wisest decision that's out right. of him. The good news is this. While y'all are sick and y'all are like a tire stuck in the mud, I am fired up. I got things to say after a hellish sports weekend for yours truly. Tar Heels losing on the gridiron. Wes, well, excuse me, my bad. I thought you were done. uh, No, I wasn't done. I I don't know why I'm interrupting you when I am awful today, so please feel free to continue. (laughs) The Tar Heels losing on the basketball court. Uh, Jacob deGrom is no longer a New York Met. Yeah. I don't have a woman in my life. I've got plenty of things to say, and I've got three hours that I'm going to make the most out of this time to make this the Fitty Wes and Walker show. Stop. I I can't laugh today, though. That's the problem. I will die. (laughs) That is something that will happen on these The Tar Heels losing on football and basketball, that makes me feel a little better even just saying it. It makes me feel a little bit better, about 10%. It's very different. It it makes somebody feel awful, but he's going to enjoy expressing that awfulness and then it makes you maybe feel a little bit better to talk about the losing weekend that was 
So we've pulled up to the scene. I'm limping. I don't know who Scotty to our Michaels, Wes. Maybe Fiddy wants to be John Paxson instead because he doesn't like Scotty after the comments from Last Dance and being second fiddle. You can be John Paxson, but you can be the John Paxson in the in the Phoenix Sun series that hits the championship shot. So that's fine. It's John Paxson. It's a couple Michael Jordans that are playing in the flu game. Yeah, I'm in the back getting IV. Let's just get dragged off the bus. Here we go. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! I can feel it. Well, we had a couple of different things we were going to lead off with until Mr. Bernie Bowles, by the way, tells us that Baker Mayfield was released by the Carolina Panthers. Ian Rappaport had it first. Eventually, it would be reported that Baker actually requested this release from the Carolina Panthers. And that's exactly what came to my mind first and foremost, to be honest with you. I don't think the timing is a coincidence at all that San Francisco loses their starting quarterback. Mm. They're in dire need of someone. You would think, well, why doesn't Carolina just trade someone? Well, we're past the deadline now. Or else Carolina might try to trade Baker Mayfield to San Francisco for some possible heavily protected late pick, sixth, seventh round, whatever. But Baker requested a trade or requested a release, I should say. Carolina granted him that release. What do you make of the news, especially coming from somebody in a Trent Williams 49ers jersey right now? <laughs> well, I see you guys keep trying to wish this Baker Mayfield thing on my Niners, and I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm not going to rule it out 100%. I won't be thrilled about it, but um, I could see Shanahan with his ego thinking that he could yeah. make something out of Bay- Baker Mayfield. So, yeah, I'm not excited about it at all. Biddy, what do we make of the Baker Mayfield tenure here with the Carolina Panthers that only lasted like six starts and everything else was horribly wrong? It do- Doesn't this just put the exclamation point on the Matt Rule tenure here in Carolina? Like he's he's asking out of Carolina, presumably because he sees what's happening in San Francisco, a better opportunity for himself. But we thought when the Panthers traded for Baker Mayfield that the Panthers were a bona fide playoff contender. And in some ways they are because of how bad the end of the NFC South is, but this team is right. four and eight. And he has been as underwhelming and and, and an acquisition I've seen at a quarterback position since the Houston Texans overpaid Brock Osweiler. Oh, yeah, it's a great one. At the same time, Brock Osweiler is nowhere on the bad list of QBR quarterbacks when the stat was instituted back in 2006. Here are the two worst quarterbacks. 520th out of 521 comes Baker Mayfield, Mm. according to all-time QBR for this season. The worst one of all time, Jimmy Clausen back in 2010, 13.8 QBR. Did Jimmy Clausen put up again all the way back 2006? Blaine Gabbert, Andrew Walter, Josh Rosen finishing the bottom five. It Not only was it underwhelming, it was just outright a complete unmitigated disaster with yeah. Baker Mayfield. Again, I don't want to get it twisted in the fact that I saw this coming. My biggest concern with Baker when they traded for him at that time was that he would be a little too good actually get a huge contract and then this was going to be their quarterback going forward for Carolina. Well, 
there was no way no way in hell that he was going to reach the too good level and he was the worst quarterback in the league this year I, I that's that's not a hyperbole by the way i'll say it again baker mayfield was the worst starting quarterback in the national football league this year i didn't expect it but eventually it became pretty evident sam darnold played better pj walker played better even when pj had his bad games it was still someone that at least had an attempt of making something happen in those contests and now baker mayfield is out this went about as poorly as any other qb experience with carolina outside of jimmy clausen wes and that's saying a lot because in the middle of some of these good quarterbacks jake delome cam newton i mean you've had some bad qbs here in oh carolina no before. doubt the fact that he's number one alongside jimmy clausen on that list tells you everything you need to know for sure and i thought that when he came here i thought he would at least finish the season and i thought we had not seen the last of baker mayfield i thought that with the way things were going for them the musical chairs was just going to continue until the end of the year. And I thought that Baker, we would see him maybe one more time before the season was out, but it's not to be, man. The Panthers said, let's get you out of here. So we have another segment that will uh, go over all of the Baker Mayfield tenure here. Also, we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show, too, at 120. We have to recap a lot with college football and championship weekend. Plus, we've seen some transfers come in today. Devin Leary transferring from NC State. Not something that a lot of people were discussing. That's pretty surprising to see Devin Leary go away from the Wolfpack program. Drake May was answering some questions about possibly transferring. Probably didn't calm every Carolina fan that still wants him to be the QB going into his sophomore year. DJU also transferring from Clemson. Something that could have been foreseen after Cade Klubnick came into that ACC championship game. Something that we all were pretty prepared for. Well, unless you're Mac Brown, here it is from the head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels. Was Clemson playing both quarterbacks pretty and Klubnik pretty much the entire rest of the game after those first two drives? Was that something that you were l- looking for coming into this game, or did that kind of catch you off guard a little? No, Kate had played very little all year. When he went in at Notre Dame, I think he threw an interception, so we totally thought we would see DJ because they hadn't changed all year. We stopped them the first two or three times. DJ was struggling. That's exactly what we thought would happen, and we were hoping would happen because he's played good at times, but he didn't play well last week, and he was really struggling. They weren't trying to run the ball. We thought they'd try to line up and, and run it down our throat like Notre Dame did, and then Cade came in. And he hit 20 out of 24 and 10 out of 11 the first half and really played great. Yo. How are you not prepared for Cade Klubnik to come into the game? That's as damning a comment as Mac Brown could have uttered after this contest. Are you serious? Not only because you could expect Cade Klubnik to come in with DJU's poor performance the previous time out, but Dabo told you! Dabo told you Cade was going to go in this game. We all knew it. And Mac Brown didn't prepare at all. Not just a little bit did you not prepare. Not did you mostly prepare for DJU and maybe a little bit of Cade. You didn't prepare at all. Seriously? I don't understand it. Wes, help me understand why Mac Brown didn't focus one iota on Cade Klubnik and then help me understand why he admitted it to everybody. Um, I think when you look at the offense, it doesn't change a whole lot. I think they maybe run and maybe have a little bit more uh, rollouts and boot actions when Klubnik is in the game as opposed to DJ, so I guess you could look at it like that. But I think he prepares more for Clemson's general offense. I personally would not have said that. But because uh, when you look at what Club Nick did when he came in, the offense was not overly complicated as far as what they were doing with him. So it's like, okay, you know, 
how much do you prepare for? It's like, okay, when he comes in, he's going to run a little bit more or do things like that. They run with DJ. So as I said, he shouldn't have made the comment because it makes you look bad because everybody expects coaches to prepare for everything. But... Uh, you know, you don't have nearly a big of a problem as them not preparing for Cade Klubnik all. No, because much. he hadn't played a whole heck of a lot, and I think once Mac and them saw kind of what he's done in the time that he's been in, I don't think they felt like he was going to be that big of a factor in the game for them to have to really dedicate time defensively to going over what he could do when he gets in the game. Um, by the way, Moose coming in to the Garage Door Guru text line having an important correction that DJ is not in the portal yet. While that is true, he is heavily yes, leaning he that is. way. Is he in the portal? I'm looking at Fox Sports' uh, report, report so right like, now of notable transfers and he's on it. It says December 4th, Clemson QB, DJ Uyunga. All right, getting conflicting reports that Andrea Adelson tweeted out 54 minutes ago that nothing yet from DJU, but the ACC QBs that have technically already entered the transfer portal. Brennan Armstrong, Devin Leary, Keaton Slovis, Jeff Sims, and Phil Yurkovich. Those are the top five quarterbacks that we've seen so far from the ACC. Nothing from DJU reported by Andrea Adelson, but as you mentioned, so we'll try to get that cleaned up as we go on. Regardless, you're seeing quite a few guys start to leave their teams. Even some coaches about Scott Satterfield? Reportedly leaving Louisville in order to go to Cincinnati. Real mm-hmm. quickly, what kind of move do you view that as? Is that lateral? Is that a little above? And how surprised are you to see it? The only thing maybe I could think is the the conference that they play in. Maybe he feels like if he can get there with what Cincinnati's done in the past, getting to a college football playoff, maybe he feels like the path to do that will be easier than it's going to be in the ACC with the Clemson, with Carolina merging with Drake May, with Florida State perhaps starting to turn the corner. So I think he may feel like it's an easier path, but I don't think it's that much more of a significant job. All right, Fiddy, we'll go to you to finish out the segment. Were you more angry with Mac Brown for admitting he had not prepared for Cade Klubnik, or are you more discomforted with the comments from Drake May not putting the kibosh on any transfer possibilities? It's It's got to be Mac Brown because this is now back-to-back years that they went into a game knowing that the backup was an option to play. That happened last year at Georgia Tech. They didn't prepare for it. This time with a conference title on the line with a quarterback who completed 28% of his passes the week before and didn't anticipate such a change happening. The way Drake answered the question, you know, if you read in between the lines, might make you somewhat uneasy. He's a Carolina kid. He knows how important it is to be a Carolina kid and how much this fan base has embraced him. I don't foresee him going to the portal unless he gets offered a load of money from an Alabama, Texas A&M. But Mac Brown, Saturday proved why coaching changes need to be made on the staff under him, not starting with him as the head coach. If somebody, I mean, I'll tell you this, Drake May fits the bill for the type of prospect that would get the big old deal from someone to have won all of the ACC awards. Your first year being a quarterback starter, yeah, I imagine a lot of people would be interested in Drake May, but so would North Carolina. So they're going to do everything they can to keep Drake May in Chapel Hill. That'll do it for our getting off the bus segment. Let's transition into some more Carolina Panthers talk. Text in the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. How will you remember the Baker Mayfield experience? More to come, Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Feel free to text in to the Garage Door Guru text line. At 704-570-9610, Colby wrote in, I did hear Baker was hitting the transfer portal too, and he's going to Nebraska. Following his boy, Matt Rule, who also got Marcus Satterfield, by the way, offensive coordinator from South Carolina, talking to a couple South Carolina fans this weekend. Happy as hell. Marcus Satterfield is leaving that program. And it leads me to this question. You can text in 704-570-9610. Which fan base is actually happier that one of their people got promoted or left for a different job? Is NC State happier with Tim Beck, the offensive coordinator, leaving for the Coastal Carolina head coaching job? Is Louisville happier that Scott Satterfield is leaving the Cardinals program to go coach the Bearcats of Cincinnati or to South Carolina happier that Marcus Satterfield is leaving to go to Nebraska and be the OC under Matt rule. Which one of those fan bases do you think should be the happiest after one of those guys left for a different job? Well, from what I've seen, I think it's uh, Louisville with Scott Satterfield. I know that those fans were not very happy with him uh, after things were starting to go south there and he was exploring other jobs, especially when the South Carolina opening was there. Uh, they weren't very happy with him then. And then especially now after it's looking like they're starting to turn the corner and then now he's leaving uh, again. So, I mean, he's leaving now. So I think that they are wanting him to leave. And I think they want a coach that's going to be dedicated to the Cardinals program because I know they have a five-star running back committed. I don't know if that will change because now that he's gone and you see the comments that Des Fitzpatrick and other players have yeah. made. So I think I would, it looks like them. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what's weird to me. I would think it wouldn't necessarily be Scott Satterfield. We talked about this last week, how he kind of salvaged his job again, right? I'm not sure he would have been fired. I thought there was a little bit of the hotness to the seat. But as the season went on, you know, ended up really rattling off quite a few, you know, impressive wins consecutively. And yet you just got the sense that people weren't thrilled with his tenure with the Cardinals. And then you mentioned some of the players. We know that there was a shot that he could possibly go to South Carolina last year. Didn't really, you know, communicate with his players well enough. I've always gotten nothing but good vibes from Scott Satterfield. Anytime that I've been around him. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, you know, I, I know some people that have coached with Scott Satterfield. They swear by him. They really like having been on the staff alongside him but yet you see some of this other stuff come out publicly. So it's been very weird to try to gauge what the pulse is on Scott Satterfield. But you're right. Like, I would think you'd be least happy among the three figures I just talked about. I think Louisville fans would be the least happy because NC State's offense was not good. They lost a lot, as you pointed out quite a few times over the year. But Tim Beck was not good. I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody would say, oh, yeah, he was a real Eli Drinkwitz calling plays over there with NC State. And Marcus Satterfield, man, I'm telling you what. Gamecocks fans were thrilled. Maybe Stanford P can write in 704-570-9610. Like a lot of people were really happy that Marcus Satterfield decided to go to Nebraska with Matt Rule promoting him going to the Cornhuskers program. Fiddy, what say you on some of these guys that left for different jobs? Who would you be most happy and least happy with if you were a fan of either one one of these programs? I, I think if you're a South Carolina fan, you got to be a little upset that Satterfield left because look at your offense the last two weeks, right? So you're taking the other side on this. Yeah, because because I, I, if I'm a Gamecock fan, you finally saw that offense kind of blossom. With Spencer Rattler, you, you knocked two teams out of the playoffs back-to-back weeks. You would feel like maybe that momentum you could build to something next year with Spencer Rattler, or maybe you're you're ready to compete for nine, ten wins in the regular season. For Scott, like 
you know, you're, you're, with him leaving Louisville for Cincinnati, you're, you're, you're probably looking at him. Look, look at his workplace situation where it's just toxic. Like you don't have an AD. The basketball coach is already under fire. You know, he flirted last year for, 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 for that South Carolina job anyway. So, um, it's, it's really just all interesting, but I think this just continues to prove we're in a new era of college athletics and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this all navigates itself moving forward in the new world. So some college figures leaving, whether they be some players, some quarterbacks, or offensive coordinators, head coaches, lots of changes happening in college football. Some changes happening with the Carolina Panthers, too. Baker Mayfield released by Carolina after his request. Panther Bo wrote in, Baker wanted to be released so he can wait by the phone for nobody to call. <laughs> Which might be true, but... Everybody's looking at San Francisco. I'm just telling you what I see on Twitter. Well, my boys I, just signed Josh Johnson. They so did. I don't think they'll be bringing uh, Baker Mayfield. Is that again. one of the best keep getting them checks names Josh of all Johnson, time? man, he's one of those guys. But I love it, though. You know what I'm saying? Especially seeing an African-American quarterback to keep getting the call up. You know what I'm saying? When he comes in. And he, it seems like every time he does get to play, he, he plays pretty well. He's a very knowledgeable guy. I know he works with Elite 11 and stuff like that. But you look at him, uh, what McCown comes to mind. I mean, they uh, call him off the couch all the time. So so you are telling me that you're the general manager of team Keep Getting Them Checks, and you're going to Josh Johnson, you're going to Josh McCown first, and that's a great name. I'll go to Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel will yeah. be my starting quarterback. Also, <laughs> for the second week in a row, I will reference Clipboard Jesus with Charlie Whitehurst yeah. being a team, keep getting them checks I type of guy. I think you could put Adrian Peterson in there a little bit, too. Adrian Peterson. Yeah, that's a yeah. great one because there are no rules to say that you could not have been a star. Yeah. And then at the end of his career, yeah. Adrian Peterson. That would be, be a hired gun. Yeah. Please text us with some of the names because that would be fantastic. 704-570-9610. Baker Mayfield, I don't know if he's going to enter that team. He was as bad as anybody during his time with Carolina. And so when you look at the games that Baker Mayfield started, Wes, it was as bad as it could possibly get. You had one, one redeeming contest that Baker Mayfield played in, and it was the second half against Cincinnati where he was playing against a whole bunch of second stringers. It allowed Baker Mayfield to have another shot and start one more game against Baltimore because P.J. Walker was hurt, Sam Darnold not quite healthy enough to come back. So Baker starts against Baltimore. We discussed how crucial that game was going to be for Baker Mayfield to maybe start for another team in the NFL later in his career, maybe the second half. We didn't expect him to get released at that point, but he is in that start against Baltimore. He was 21 of 33 threw for 196 yards, two interceptions and had a QBR of 18.9, which actually compared to the other games was pretty on par, which is the biggest indictment that you could put on Baker Mayfield got sacked four times in that game. I referenced the sack numbers for Baker Mayfield and PJ Walker, PJ Walker leading into last week's game had been sacked multiple times, only once. And I believe that was the game against the Rams, maybe twice, but there was only two times that he got sacked. Baker Mayfield has been sacked multiple times in every single game, four times against Cleveland, four times against San Francisco, four times in his last start against the Baltimore Ravens never threw for more than 235 yards. That was what he threw for in the quote unquote revenge game against the Cleveland Browns. 215 was his next highest uh, posted. That was against San Francisco. No touchdowns, one interception Wes, it was about as bad as you can get when we all thought Baker would be competent enough for Carolina to actually contend in an average NFC South Carolina is contending. But it's a way worse than d- division than we even thought, even if you weren't high 
on this division coming in, it was even worse than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, and I think this hurts him. I think this points again to kind of the immaturity, lack of self-awareness. Why, if he would have just finished out the season, been a good soldier, did his thing, I think that looks better on him. Why are you going to asking out? You've played horribly. What what are you going to ask out for? What do you want to release for? You still think that there are teams that, that want you? You still think – that's what I'm saying. For him to be arrogant enough, if that is the case, to think that he could go to San Francisco and make a difference? Like, seriously, do you not watch yourself play? Have you not seen what you've been doing? And that's what I've been saying about Baker Mayfield the whole time. He's about himself, the things that he does. It's all about Baker. The immaturity is still there. The lack of self-awareness is still there. I think he's finished, to be frank. I think he may get one more shot, maybe. But I think that's pushing it. For you to have a season that you've been having, and then you have the nerve to go ask out for what? Yeah, Wes. I think there is still a shot, and I hate to say it because I, I want to see yeah, his he struggle. might have a slim shot. There's some coach no. out there that may think that they can do something. Well, I think it's your boy. I think no, it's, it's Ky- not. I, I think it's Kyle Shanahan. We signed Josh Johnson. Uh, yeah. well, that's not Why good. are we signing Baker if we signed Josh Johnson? That's not going to deter you from Baker Mayfield. No, Here, Josh Johnson's better than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, well, certainly this year. I'm not going to argue with that. I yeah. just think San Francisco is going to go Wayne after him. Man. Here's the thing with Baker. I actually understand why he asks out because this is the best opportunity you're going to get. I mean, even if it still doesn't work out, this is the only glimmer of hope, in my opinion. So if I'm Baker Mayfield, and I've played as badly as I have, I recognize that. I get that. I still have some belief in myself, because everybody's going to have belief in themselves. But if I'm Baker Mayfield, and I see San Francisco now down Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, you have Mr. Irrelevant, who played well, mind you, for sure. But you are only going off that one-game sample size. Plus, you have the Rams, They're in kind of a dire quarterback situation, too. John Walford, who the Rams almost won yesterday, right? They get some credit. But it's not inconceivable to think that the Rams could possibly pick up Baker Mayfield as well. So you have two offensive geniuses in Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. I think that's a bit of a stretch. I think they're very smart. So whatever. (laughs) Upper echelon of offensive play callers, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. Mm -hmm. So if you have a shot, I'm not saying it is 100% going to happen, but if you're Baker... And you see a shot that both of those guys could be looking for a new QB and you don't have to trade anybody, mind you. So if you're talking with your agent, Baker Mayfield's agent could be saying, yeah, they might actually pursue you if you're released because they don't have to give anything up. So then it becomes not anything that you have sunk cost on. You're not giving up a six-round pick to go after Baker. You're not giving up even a seventh-rounder as low as that is. You're not giving anything up in the trade market. So Baker says, all right, release me and at least give me a shot to be picked up by one of these teams. I understand why Baker would do it. I understand also your point of view that Baker doesn't have a whole lot of leverage in this situation. Carolina did him a favor absolutely by releasing him to have this shot. But if you're Baker, this is the risk you got to take. And it goes to everything that you just said, Wes. It's simply because he was so bad. Nobody's going to trade for him. You have to wait until the offseason for another team to bring you in, and they're going to bring you in as a backup. Right now, teams are desperate enough with everybody locked in that they're going to be looking for someone that has some type of potential, which Baker has showed before. Baker has to bank on that because it's all he has left. I understand why he asked for this release. Well, I would hope that the NFL coaches, that these guys, if you deem them true geniuses, that they can look at the film that he's put out this year and see that they really can't help their football teams, especially the Rams. The Rams should be playing young guys. They should be playing Bryce Perkins. They should be playing John Wofford. 
and just seeing what they have to this season. The ACC done. special man, right? John right. Walford yeah. and Bryce Perkins. Yeah, this, season, run. this season is done. So I don't know why you why Baker Mayfield would want to go there. They have zero offensive line. He would be in a worse situation offensively than he's in in Carolina. So what, what are you going there for? And then if Shanahan looks at the tape he's put out and says, oh, he could help us get over the hump because the goal for the 49ers right now is to find someone that can get them into the playoffs and that they feel like they can get to the Super Bowl with because this is a Super Bowl-caliber roster. Baker Mayfield ain't coming and taking anybody to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't give up the Diet Coke sitting beside me I can't for laugh. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not giving that up. To me, I think, like I said, Brock Purdy looked decent. I told you, look, we're about to be the 1990 New York Giants out here. You know what I'm saying? We're about to of course you lose are. our starter. We're going to have a backup. <laughs> go in and win. <laughs> go go ahead. We had some texts come in. The Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. 815 number wrote in, Baker can't win a job in the CFL. Hurricane Mark wrote in, Baker will be on the set of College Game Day next year. A couple <laughs> people wrote in, maybe he could be a college football analyst. Fiddy, I don't know why. I feel like you'd be a fan of Baker Mayfield as a college football analyst. I know you're not a fan of Baker, the football player, anymore after what happened this year. But I could see Fiddy actually liking the type of uh, persona Baker Mayfield would bring to a TV set. Yeah, could you imagine him and Pat McAfee getting into a onset uh, verbal altercation? Because oh. because at some point that would happen with, with those two egos, right? That's a bro fight for the ages between uh, Pat McAfee and Baker Mayfield. And I mean, like, look, he's already better than Desmond Howard ever thought of being without even having a trial run. I I mean, I would embrace it. Like, he he was a college quarterback. There was a lot of limitations when he came out about being a bona fide NFL starter with his size, arm, and everything like that. It hasn't gone the way it was supposed to go the last two seasons. But I still think in the right situation, this guy can be a difference maker. That just might be at ESPN as opposed to an NFL field on Sundays. Um, Fiddy, do you have the breaking news sounder real quickly? Go ahead and press that, and it'll be for yourself. I was saving this for my flash, oh, damn it. You? Oh, I know, yep, I was oh, back here. No, it's okay, it's okay. All right, let's lead on you once again. Let's go to the Fiddy flash. It's time, first one of the day. All right, you can press it again. Uh, let's go back to the time machine. Nothing happened the last 30 seconds. Let's start from there. Breaking news? The New York Mets have found their Jacob DeGrom replacement, that being in three-time Cy Young and newly minted World Series champion Justin Verlander on a two-year deal worth $86 million. There's also a (laughs) third-year option as well. The Mets lost DeGrom over the weekend to the Texas Rangers. The Rangers paid him five years. $185 $185 million. DeGrom never went back to the table with the Mets to give the Mets a chance to to match or exceed the offer, which is probably the biggest reason why we're upset with them is that we didn't get a chance to match it, although the Mets shouldn't have paid him that amount of money for over five years. But this is a step in the right direction for the Amazons. And the thing I'm most excited for, shut up, Siri, is uh, – wow is to to hear Keith Hernandez blush over Kate Upton when she shows up in Queens yeah, somebody next tw- season. Somebody tweeted that, at HTB underscore Josh, if you want to follow that <laughs> Mets fan that is also extremely crazy. Team, keep getting them checks. You don't have to be mediocre. You can be a star, and that's Justin Verlander. Are you going to teach your kid to be a pitcher in Major League Baseball so maybe he can find one of those checks one day? I mean, it's insane just to think about just that kind of money that guys get. And I know for him, like, he probably talks about it like, 
passively. Like he's like, yeah, you know, we did two for eighty six because he's made so much money already. Yeah, they gave me eighty six. There's a there's a story about Justin Verlander. Apparently, he agreed to something with his buddy when he got drafted out of Old Dominion, I believe is where he went to school. So when he got drafted, he agreed to one of his friends said, hey, can you cover me and buy me this chocolate milk and I'll give you 0.01% of my signing bonus whenever it comes my way. The friend said deal and eventually he had to give that friend a ton of money after just spending like a hundred and or like a dollar fifty on chocolate milk and wow. certainly lost on that bet. I believe that story is true. I'm going to get a research team on it. Yeah. We pay them extremely well here we do. at WFNZ. So I'm going to ask them to make sure they can back up and confirm that story. That's always what I think of when I think of Justin Verlander. It's WFNZ, the Wesson Walker show coming back with the campus corner <laughs> on 92.7 FM. Clemson interception would really slam the door shut on Carolina's chances whatsoever to win the ACC championship. And as we were talking about before we hopped on the airwaves, probably the worst throw of Drake May season at North Carolina. It's the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Feel free to text in 704-570-9610 as we talk about some college football by visiting the campus corner. And let's just keep it here with Drake May. Man, struggled in this game. <clears throat> struggled in the last three games. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of that. I'm telling you right now, I apologize. Sometimes I'm going to be able to turn the mic off. Sometimes I'm not. That was a mess up on my part. But as we talk about Drake May, struggling in this game against the Clemson Tigers, really the offense as a whole after that first series where they marched down the field pretty easily and score a touchdown after Drake May was able to punch it in on the ground. Didn't work for him the rest of the way here, Wes. Here's Drake May. When we're talking about some of these transfers out of the ACC, here's his answer on whether he intends to stay at Carolina. That's my intentions, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a Carolina kid. You know, it means something wearing that Carolina blue. So that's my intentions, and you know, I love this place. And, you know, these fans have been great. You know, it's been, been a heck of a season. You know, first year for me, you know, I couldn't ask for more. Probably wish the games would have gone a little different at the end here. But, uh, you know, just you know, thanks to you know, all the fans and the players and the coaches. You know, it's been, it's been a fun ride. How do you handle if other schools do reach out to you? Parents or I haven't had anybody reach out. Um, I don't know if I will. I won't, won't really accept. You know, it's personal. Like between contact, I just think that's bad. You know, for you know, just, just the way that you know Carolina's treated me, and um, you know how well this you know, put trust in me. You know, registered freshman quarterback. You know, I'll, just, I'll stand to that when when that when that bridge comes. About midway through that comment, Wes Bryant started doing the money sign because there could be a big old payday coming from Drake May, even here in college football. And we've seen a lot of people enter the transfer portal, even high prospects. DJU, understandably, could be entering the portal. Don't know if that's official yet, getting conflicting reports on that. But we also have seen somebody like Devin Leary, who was very good at NC State maybe a couple of years ago, a little bit struggling this year before he gets injured for the rest of the season. But regardless, I wouldn't expect Drake 
Frank made a transfer doesn't completely shut the door down on transferring out of North Carolina. What have you made of, one, Drake May's comments as well as his play as a Blake West? Well, mainly what I got from that is, is Carolina going to deliver the bag? Okay, because the bags are going to be coming swiftly for Mr. Drake May. There are tons of programs across the country that would love to have his services and help them get over the hump for being a college football playoff team or champion. And he has the requisite skills to do so. So I think that comment just meant, well, let me see what these bags are looking like out here. And if Carolina's going to offer me a nice bag, and then we'll go from there. That's what I took from that. Because other than that, I didn't hear any definitiveness from him as far as, no, no way, no way, no how. Mm -hmm. He was like, well, you know, it's a great season. I'm a Carolina kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that Carolina's going to have to pony up some dough. Uh, to keep Drake May down there because that's the world that we live in now. Uh, I think I think Bryce Young made I think they said three million nil this past year. So to me, Drake May is worth that. Maybe a little more when you talk about it's like the market, like NFL free agency. So yeah. he's probably worth a little bit more than that. Or he could say maybe, maybe he could say I'll be rich in a year when I go to the NFL. I can wait. But I think some of the offers that will come his way will be too much for him to turn down. Stanford P wrote in, Fiddy, do you want me to come in and finish the show for Walker? Fiddy said yes, and he did that immediately. The text came in at 1246, and Fiddy replied at 1246, so wasting no time saying that he would like to replace me. He wants to see me hit the transfer portal today. I am going to lean on you once more here, Fiddy. What do you think about Drake May's comments about transferring? Um, You know, when I, when I first saw it, like... Less than an hour after we get our asses kicked, you know, you get a little nervous. Then you, you have some time. You hear some other ways he's answered the question. I don't think he's going anywhere because I think he understands how big of an asset he is to Carolina football, how big of an ambassador he is to the program. And if Carolina is going to be very active in the portal, he is going to be the selling point, whether they're going to get offensive weapons or to help guys shore up that defense, is to understand that you've got a guy that was in the Heisman discussion in November at quarterback. He took you to the conference title game. He can do it again. And hopefully he feels like we feel like there's unfinished business here. We can win here. I want to come back and leave that legacy at Carolina. And and so I don't foresee him leaving because if he leaves Chapel Hill, that's going to be a death blow to a program that Mac Brown has re-energized the last four years. Yeah, I mean, if, if you look back at this season, we'll talk about this a little bit more, maybe even in the next segment. But I was going to ask, how positive and or negative do we feel about this last North Carolina football year? Because if you are to take the positive approach, then it all kind of relies on Drake May and his performance. I mean, if you don't go to Drake May saying that's the positive, uh, that that's the positive outlook, what else do you have to go off of? Yeah. Like, what's their best win? You know, I mean, it's look, this is still a successful year based on how many wins they were able to accumulate. But then when you end it with a loss against Georgia Tech, your rival in NC State, getting destroyed in the ACC championship, that's really all you have to go off of is, yes, the nine wins, they matter, but also it's the Drake May season. Everybody's going to remember this as the Drake May breakout year. It could have been so much more, but they had so many bad performances as the season ended. So let's just say Drake May stays in North Carolina. 
it doesn't mean that all the ACC QBs are staying there. In fact, you're getting a lot of transfers. Devin Leary, surprising. And let's just, in this hypothetical case, Wes, say, say, yeah, Brendan Armstrong also leaving. But let's just hypothetically say that DJU is as good as gone after they decided to go to Kate Klubnick. Klubnick is also going to start in this bowl game. What are your reactions to both Devin Leary transferring and DJU if he does? I was shocked with Devin Leary because he's been there for so long. And I thought that, you know, he got hurt. He would just come back next season and pick up where he left off as the pack starting quarterback. I don't know what prompted this move. Maybe losing his offensive coordinator. Maybe he feels threatened by MJ Morris, uh, you know, because he looked like a good young prospect uh, coming into the season. I thought the offense moved a little bit better with him at points. So I would say uh, for sure I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised about that. DJ, um, not so much. Um, I figured, especially the reaction that Clubnick got, which I didn't really like that. I thought Clemson fans were wrong for that, to be cheering like that when Clubnick came in the game. Like, okay, he's in the game. That's fine. You can cheer after he makes a play. But to cheer like that, like you just won a national championship because they put him in the game, I, I thought that was really foul for them to do that. But now here's my question, though. Kate Klubnick was awesome in this game against North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it justified some of the cheers as soon as Kate Klubnick did enter this game? I thought they had a really good game plan for him against a bad Carolina defense. I thought, you know, when you look at the 2024, it's a lot of short game, a lot of quick passes, a lot of easy stuff, and then they let him throw a couple of deep balls. Then he hit on the touchdown to Davis Allen was a good throw, but I'm still not completely uh, I'm not completely sold on Kate Klubnick being the star because I'm seeing all these people on Twitter uh, the, the season it could have been and we could have won a championship. Hell no. Did y'all not see what he did when he came in against mm-hmm. a real defense like Notre Dame? What happened when he threw that pick off the rip? So, no, I, I don't think that, um, you know, I'm not completely buying into that. But can, can we talk real quick, though, man? I've been dying to get this off my chest about these kids when they transfer writing these soliloquies on Twitter. I'm so tired of it, okay? These kids, they think that they're so important and I don't want to sound like old man getting off my lawn. But, most of these kids, we don't know who you are. You haven't played enough. And they write these long things. I, I want to thank everybody. And I, I'm going to be moving on. And with that said, we don't give a damn. We don't know who you are. These kids, they think they're so important. Everything has to be this moment in time. Bro, you failed at your school. You're moving on. We don't need a long graphic on Twitter to tell us that you failed. Okay? I get a guy like Devin Leary, maybe, that's got some skin in the game with his school. But these kids, I just get so sick of it. Everything they do is an event. Everything has to be stop what you're doing and look at what I'm doing. I could just imagine what these coaches go through recruiting some of these kids when a kid that has barely played at a school is 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 sending a long graphic with four paragraphs to tell us that you started and you have like two career tackles. Now, Wes, <laughs> I, I, I got to follow up and ask you a question, my man. What's up? Because you transferred from Florida to Wake Forest. I did. And you were at one point rated 84 on the NCAA video game. Yes. So it's a pretty good rating. You know, had you done this, had the transfer portal existed in your timeline, Uh would you have put out a graphic? No, I ain't putting out a graphic. If I hadn't been playing. Now, if I had been playing a lot and, like, the fans, you know, whatever, I was invested like that and I was transferred. But for one, I'm not going to transfer more than once. You know, I did it old school way. Picked the school, didn't work out for me as far as just what I thought it would be, and just it wasn't a fit for me. And I knew that immediately when I got to Florida. I knew I had made the wrong decision. Florida's a great place, but it just wasn't for me. So I left because of that. But most of the time back in the day, guys transferred for either playing time early in their careers 
Well, because in a situation like mine, maybe they did not make the right fit and they made a little bit, you know, not enough research went into their selections. But these kids now, man, I don't understand why they transfer when they played so much. They, they put so much into these different schools. And then they leave and go to three or four different schools. It's crazy to me. Um, I would like to plan on the show. I know we're about to go to break, but I, I want somehow to turn back the time machine as we've coined that phrase and I'm not sure it makes sense or not but that's what we like to do I want to go back to Wes what year did you transfer like 2001 2002 2002 and I want to relive Wes <laughs> Bryant actually coming up with the notepad screenshot to put out on Twitter what you would say if you existed in that time period so that's coming up we'll also get to Wes Bryant's evening at the ACC championship game how did it compare to Fitty's evening at the ACC championship championship game you still have a lot to get to on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ